0: Hey guys, and welcome to the Coffee and Turner Syndrome podcast. My name is Brooke, pour yourself your favorite cup of coffee, and let's hop into today's episode. Hi guys, welcome back. I have a very special guest today. I have Cindy here with me. Um, She is going to share her story with us, and I'm really excited to get to talk to her. I'm really excited to hear her story. So I will stop talking and I will let you introduce yourself.
1: Well, I am Cindy. I live here in the Mountain West. And yes, I have Turner syndrome,
0: classic, I believe. Okay. So, um just to start off, how were you diagnosed?
1: Well, I am the oldest of four girls, nearly exactly evenly spaced two years apart. And so when I was probably about four or five and my next sister was about as tall as I was, my mother started asking some questions. And uh, my primary doctor at that time had noticed a heart murmur as well. And so putting two and two together, he had his suspicions and suggested
0: that I get tested. That makes sense. Um, so I always like to hear all the different ways people find out because there's so many different things that can red flag and go, Hmm, that's weird. Um, they kind of make you go in. So was it something that, your doctor kind of immediately went to or were there was there a time period where you weren't sure?
1: Hmm, that is a good question since I don't actually remember all of this. Um, I do know that my mom noticed my height being so short and she was like, okay." Um, great Aunt Matilda on my side or whoever is really short too. So could be a genetic thing, and if so, that's fine. But if not, let's see what this is about.
0: Okay. So what would you say is the biggest way that having Turner Syndrome um, has affected your life?
1: Uh, I am fortunate in that day-to-day it doesn't really affect me overly much. Um, As far as, uh, I did have um, lots of earaches as a young child, but I had tubes and just one time with that was sufficient to clear that up and um, improve my hearing to where I am in the normal range. Um, Ironically, even though I'm a librarian, I'm the one that wears glasses the least in my family. <laughs> um, and as for academics, I've always been the one in my family that excelled at that. Reading's always been my highest um, score and math my next highest score, although I have no particular interest in that. So that was never a problem. So. The biggest thing day to day is more the physical things. Um, Having to reach up to try and get something or grab the stool. Um, I've also, pretty much all my life, felt like I haven't had quite as much energy as those around me for some reason, Mm -hmm. trying to keep up. Now granted, my mom and my sisters especially are pretty high energy people, but Mm -hmm. still. Um, On a not day-to-day basis, I would say uh, the way it impacts me the most is uh, at 10 years old, I had to have heart surgery for coarctation of the aorta, and let's see, three years ago now, they found three aneurysms on my aorta, so I had to have two operations for that, and so now I have strict instructions to uh,
0: stay friends with cardiologists in my neighborhood. <laughs> wow. So at 10 years old, what symptoms did you notice that made you go like what what was that experience like having the coarctation?
1: Well like I said, my primary co care doctor, he noticed a heart murmur. And so they kept an eye on it. Um, I think I had a little bit more energy afterwards. And as my mom says, I definitely said that my legs were not
0: always cold all the time. Wow. So it was through keeping an eye on your heart because of the murmur that they noticed the coarctation happening?
1: Yep, yeah, exactly.
0: Okay. So are aneurysms on the aortic valve normal if you have a coarctation?
1: Um, they were not developed directly through the coarctation. They were developed because our aortas have a tendency to be slightly different than most valves. It was interesting. My surgeon even said it really feels different working with this afterwards and so yeah I guess it's more it's thinner or more pliable or something but that's how it develops.
0: Uh, I'm always really interested in heart stories because I feel like that is just for me something I can never understand enough. Um, I'm always wanting to understand more. So thank you so much for sharing. Um, Has that been something you would say that's been your biggest struggle through Turner's? Has been heart issues, monitoring it now after?
1: Um, As far as my health is concerned, actually for a while I was unemployed and so didn't have insurance and didn't do much of anything so when i got a job down in arizona for a while i will forever bless my first healthcare provider there because she insisted
0: we check out everything that is very good that is perfect <laughs> that is awesome Um, So, what age would you say you started to understand more what Turner Syndrome meant and how it changed things for you?
1: Um, I would say, well, in second grade, I was probably seven by then. I noticed by then that I was always the shortest girl in the class, unless there was another girl my age who happened to be, in it, who was even shorter for some reason. But let's see, I wanna say by the time I was eight years old, um, we found out about this study for growth hormone. I think it must have been one of the last studies since it was for insurance purposes and my parents found out about it and they put me on it. And so from then to probably age 15, I was on growth hormone at first uh, three times a week. Then uh, I think it went to six times a week. I think they let me have
0: Sundays off. But So, and that was at age eight
1: that it started yet.
0: How long did it go?
1: I think it ended about age 15. Oh, wow. So pretty long. And back then, they didn't stop it until your bones, your bone growth closed. And they also did not put you on female hormones until you were done because they were afraid that might stop
0: your growth. And so... I've heard that. I had never thought about that aspect of things before, but I've heard that from um, several people that also did growth hormones that they, they didn't start hormone replacement therapy until after.
1: Mm-hmm. And so that really affected me socially in junior high, especially, and into the first part of high school. since. Here I was with, I would say, well, I had the experience and the mental capacity and everything, but zero hormones. And so I would look at my peers and I'd be like, why are you interested in guys? Why are you worried about how you look and are so into makeup and things? I honestly don't get it. (laughs) <laughs> I would go home and play with Barbies with my youngest sister.
0: So would you say Turner Syndrome was something that you were kind of able to decide who you wanted to talk about it with or not? Like who you wanted to share that with?
1: Um, I would say so. Me my family extended family, I think, generally knows. Um, Beyond that, I kept it pretty close until about college and I was a bit more open sharing it with my roommates, especially as we got close, as we got to know
0: each other. Did you find a community of others with Turner Syndrome? When you were younger at all?
1: Actually, we found the one in Las Vegas for a year or two right before I moved in the middle of sixth grade. Mm-hmm. and I haven't been connected really since, so this is wonderful talking to you.
0: Yeah, that's great. I know Just since I've started becoming aware of how much a community there is out there, it has grown so much and there's so much opportunity. Um, What would you say is the biggest lesson that having Turner Syndrome has taught you?
1: I would say that... I think it has allowed me to become friends with some people who, uh, first looking at them, they aren't the type of person that would necessarily immediately draw you to become their friends. I think it's given me, in some ways, a bit more empathy than I think I otherwise would have.
0: That's awesome. I can totally understand that. Having empathy for somebody else that might not feel like they exactly fit in
1: because
0: mm-hmm. I know a lot of us struggle with trying to find our place. True enough. <laughs> so um, I'm also curious what is your normal care routine what do you have at this point um that you usually do for keeping up on things um doctor's appointments screenings is there anything that's kind of typical for you
1: oh i have to check in with my cardiologist regularly um Now that things have settled down for my two surgeries, we'll have to see exactly what that means. But definitely gonna keep in touch with them. I also need to be uh, tested regularly as far as osteoporosis goes, since I already have that. I figured that I was probably doomed from the beginning because between Turner syndromes Propensity for that, plus my own personal family history, I was doomed from the beginning, basically, as far as
0: that goes. I understand that. Um, I too have that also in my medical family history. Um, there's a quite a few things that overlap for me. Is there anything else that comes with Turner's that you also have in your family medical history?
1: Um. Well, it is. Interesting that I also have alopecia, which basically means that for some strange reason, your body's immune system decides that hair is the enemy. Mm-hmm. And so it's an autoimmune disease. Strangely enough, it's the one out of all the possibilities that I ended up with, with a three times chance higher of getting it with Turner's syndrome. But my mom also actually ended up with a spot, but in her case it went away eventually. Whereas in my case it did not.
0: Yeah, I I think so many of those things are so hard to I mean you, you can't predict the course they're gonna take. And oh man, those can be the little the little things or big things in some cases, but just that one thing that can make all the difference in the world for your day-to-day life.
1: Yeah, I had no idea at age 30 I would have to become a makeup
0: artist to deal with it. Yeah. So, for adjusting to all the different things that Turner's throws at you. What would be your biggest piece of advice for somebody just finding out or parents that are researching this because they just found out for their daughter um, that they have Turner syndrome? What would be your biggest advice to them?
1: I would say... You'll want to do your homework and you'll want to get educated and talk to doctors and get answers for your specific case. But Turner Syndrome does not have to be this whole scary thing. I mean, day to day, I pretty much lead a regular life interacting with my family and friends, going to work, things like that.
0: Yeah, I love that. Um, it's. It's something that can be so overwhelming at first, but if you just push through and work through all of the information you're thrown at the beginning, (laughs) it can start to become a little more digestible and all of that. So I'm also always curious to hear, um, what would you say is the biggest area of Turner syndrome you would like to see more research on?
1: I would like to see, I think, um, more research on mental health aspects because they always focus on the physical, it seems, or on the mental, which is certainly fair. Those need to be addressed too, but I'm not sure very much um, work has been done on helping girls and women with Turner Syndrome uh, adjust to how
0: it affects them socially and emotionally. So kind of the side of it more that support through those adjustments? Right. That is a great one.
1: And maybe if I had been connected with the Turner Society that would have made a difference. So that is what I will have to do going forward.
0: Yeah, there are so many resources on their website, on um, tces.org. It's an incredible wealth of resources. Um, It's not something community-wise, I didn't realize I needed it until I had it. And felt the difference, um, you know d- from hearing doctors actually talking about it outside of my my personal doctor's appointments, where of course they're going to talk about it, um, outside of having to explain it to my friends and having them be able to understand, but only to the extent that they could understand not having it um it's something that totally changed my life in that way and it's incredible so i would definitely say t is a great resource for that all right i will look into it for sure yeah it's awesome um so I think that was everything I had. Was there anything that you would want to make sure everybody knows that we haven't already touched on? Are
1: the main thing I'm not married. Uh, infertility really hasn't affected me in some ways that I know it has
0: other people, at least not yet. So. Well, thank you so much for sharing. You are most welcome. It was great getting to talk to you and getting to hear your story. Um, And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.
1: Same to you. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Coffee and Turner Syndrome. If you would like to support the podcast, I do have listener support set up on anchor and if you'd like to leave me a voice message i would love to hear from you don't forget you can find the video version of this podcast on my youtube channel at youtube.com slash tv make sure you're subscribed so you see you when the next one comes out and i will see you guys in the next episode